Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. confused no one's concerned the times we live in are oh so dark a little faith oh lights a spark clears our vision eases pain hope arises again hope arises again Every day, fields of grain, drops of rain. What are they trying to say? Sacred task to bring the scattered 
Jewish children home. Travel far from place to place, a quest to reignite the faith of those sent into hiding long ago. He entered the fortress gray and cold. Your kind is not among us, he was told. Hashem above, he whispered, please don't let me fail. As he began to sing, Shema Yisrael, oh Shema. Shema Yisrael, know that there is but one God above. When you feel pain, when you rejoice, know how He longs to hear your voice. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. We say Shema. gripped with fear a terrified young people face a daunting new frontier the sea parts before them a miraculous display they lift their voice to heaven Shiraz Hayam they pray the power
I was driving up the turnpike to New York And my 67 Buick had seen better days With my hat and jacket tossed upon the back seat And a safer on the dashboard that would look real fine Cause the Shadchan said this time it would be different I'd heard those words so many times before But the family's nice Oh, believe me, this one's special I said all right, but only just once more I'm still driving up the turnpike to New York And my 67 Buick still had better days But the drive, it's not as lonely as it used to be Cause I got my wife and seven kids along with me And every now and then my wife tells me Go make a call To some young man who wants to settle down And I tell him all about me, dose and personality And the ten best places that there are in town And I say to him, this time it will be different He says to me, I've heard those words before But the family's nice, oh believe me, this one's special He says all right, oh he says all right, but only just once more.
J.M. in the A.M. <clears throat> Good morning. DJ Farbrang featuring Eighth Day with the Songs of Soldiers, Volume 2. La Mancha was Eitan Katz. Shlomo Katz had uh, Everlasting Love. Yagati, that was done by Jakob Shweki. Emuna Medley done by Baruch Levine. And, of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up. 
and we say good morning. Welcome to a um, welcome to a Thursday. Just checking out. Hmm. We're trying to figure out some of the things that are going on regarding uh, the volume here on certain of the things that are happening here. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yes, the technical stuff continues to baffle me sometimes, to say the least. Welcome to a Thursday. It is the uh, fourth day of January. Happy birthday to those who are celebrating a birthday on the fourth of January. Day 23 in the month of um, Teves. The year is 5784. Now, a week from today is Rosh Chodesh. And we have a very, very special conversation coming up. We've, spent, we've been spending some time over the last couple of months talking about special Rosh Chodesh ceremonies, tefillot, davenings, etc., etc. In November, when it came time for Rosh Chodesh, um, uh, Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan, no, November was Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Right, when it came time for Rosh Chodesh Kislev, we were talking about the um, Rosh Chodesh service at the White House. Then when it came time for Rosh Chodesh Teves, we were talking about the special um, Rosh Chodesh service that took place in Englewood, New Jersey. And then a week from today is going to be Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh uh, Shvat. And we have another very special Rosh Chodesh service that's going to be taking place. I don't know if everybody who went to the last one is going to be able to go to the next one. There's one hint for you. But we'll discuss all of this a couple hours from now here this morning at JM in the AM. Um, just when you thought the Rosh Chodesh special service, the Rosh Chodesh Tefillah, couldn't be more meaningful, this next one is going to be something. Anyway, details coming up. Welcome to a Thursday. It's JM in the AM. You know what that means. If it's Thursday, it means we have a full day of programming that uh, should not be uh, avoided should not be missed. Do not touch that dial. You have a great live lunch. You have an amazing array of wonderful hosts all through the morning. You have a fantastic Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show with, <coughs> excuse me, with Mark Zamek. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time. The amazing Simon Jacob, who continues to encourage all of us to uh, buy Israeli wine. He has the kosher terroir happening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, right before the Arab Shabbos show. So he'll have a special guest discussing um, discussing the area of uh, kosher wine that he wants to feature this week. That'll happen at 6.30 p.m. Then the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show. Um, um, trying to think, uh, trying to think what else I wanted to tell everybody. And tomorrow, our weekly update. Tomorrow, our weekly update here at JM in the AM. 7.40 AM Eastern Time. It has been a couple of weeks since we've spoken to Malcolm Holmline. There is a lot that's been going on. Tremendous number of developments, to say the least. 
And we will have all of that for you tomorrow morning, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JMNAM. Tani Gutterman is what I wanted to mention. After Mark finishes the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show tonight, Tani Gutterman has Tani Talks Parsha at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And again, as we keep saying, uh, these are... Uh, these are some really amazing programs that you don't want to miss. Thursday is something here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to Heshi Lowy. Apparently, Heshi has finished Safer Dvarim, and he gets a Mazel Tov, so Mazel Tov Heshi Lowy from all of us here at JM in the AM. On the app, he, wrote, he writes, pick up the Jewish Views this week. That's Ari Hirsch's magazine. Big surprise in the Mazel Tov section. Hmm. Wonder what that could be. Mitch from Beit Shemesh says Boker Tov from Midtown Tel Aviv. Thank you, Mitch. Listener Tikva gives us a nice Boker Tov, as she, excuse me, as she always does. Uh, Menasha Brander, happy birthday to you, Menasha Brander. Happy birthday to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um, yeah. Lots of good things to share with everybody. Uh, this morning, um, we'll speak to our friends from the Joel Paul group. We'll talk about that special Rosh Chodesh tefillah that's going to be happening a week from today. Uh, Tzion Leshem is going to join us from Israel. He's in Naveh. Uh, last time I saw him was in Be'eri two Sundays ago. We'll find out what's happening specifically with his family and with the people that he's leading and with his community coming up here at JM in the AM. And we note, of course, with sadness, the passing of Harav Hagon, Rav Matisio Solomon, the Mashkiach of Medrash Kavo of Lakewood. The funeral took place yesterday, and to say that he had a profound effect on world jury is an understatement. And there are so many people in all aspects of our community that I am familiar with who had such an amazing relationship with him. It's a list too long to, to mention and to enumerate. Uh, but he certainly had an incredible impact, not only in Lakewood and in England, but really for Jewish families around the world. The more coming up. It's a JM in the AM Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Shuli Rand next at JM in the AM.
Ben Remoshe, Fin Kerestir, Ripshaye 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 Ben Wenn er jeden hat gefragt, ob Scheile, wer bist du? Fleck der Heilige Rebbe suchen. Ich bin Scheile, in der Chabagastow. Der Scheile finde Gasthaus in Kerestin. Everyone is welcome from far and near. Der Scheile finde Gasthaus in Kerestin. Oi, 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 oi.
A hundred times a day it's not okay To have to look behind your back For a world that values peace and freedom Y'all should cut us a little slack As the siren blares, no one cares A fearful eyes so full of tears But we know that God protects us All through the years We refuse to apologize For defending our lives In the only place where we belong They can keep themselves alive With their children and wives Shielding them is just so wrong you can try to find a way to make sense Of why they fight They can run but they can't hide Cause the Almighty's on our side They say that in the name of God, in our land and abroad, that we don't got the right to live. We extend an olive branch and sing, give peace a chance with all the help we give. I can wrap my head around the tunnels underground, trying to destroy our nation's pride. They can run, but they can't hide. Cause the Almighty's on our side We refuse to apologize for defending our lives In the only place where we belong They can keep themselves alive with their children and wives Shielding them is just so wrong you can try to find a way to make sense Of why they fight They can run but they can't hide Cause the Almighty's on our side To apologize for defending our lives in the only place where we belong. They can keep themselves alive with their children and wives. Shielding them is just so wrong. You can try to find a way to make sense of why they fight. They can run, but they can't hide. Cause the Almighty's on our side. Cause the Almighty's on our side Ani mamin be yemun o sheleimo 
אני מאמין, אני מאמין, באמונו של אימו, בביאס המושיח, אני מאמין, אני מאמין, אני מאמין באמונו של אימו, אני מאמין, אני מאמין, באמונו של אימו, בביאס המושיח, אני מאמין, אני מאמין. אף על פי שישמעמיה, אם כל זה אחכה לו. ואף על פי שישמעמיה, אם כל זה אחכה לו. בחובר יואים שיבואי. ואף על פי שישמעמיה, אם כל זה אחכה
done by Avremi Roth to wrap up the hour here at JM in the AM. The tefillah, the prayer for our chayalim, our soldiers. Naftali Kempo with Ani Ma'amin. The Almighty's on our side. Tali Yes and Joey Newcomb had Reb Shaya. Shuli Rand opened up the set with Ani Ma'amin. And this is America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Rather on the web and on the Alchemsegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. We get this local Washington DC television station here in the studio and they're talking about a shortage of snow plows in Washington, I'll tell you. In advance of any storm, no matter how big or small it might be, those are the stories. Are there enough uh, snow brushes in the stores? And are, are there enough plows available for the city? Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from Jamin. Galitzal, Hashash Time. Baulpane Hudgraf, in Mashekoreachshav. Ugda Tishimushmone Shel Tsahal, Mamshihalif Olmitahatla Karka Bechanyunes. Mechablim Shenichneu Heidu Bachakirot, Al Mechablim Rabim Shahuslubamin Harot. Medaveach Katabeno Hatsvai, Doron Kadosh. Hapeula Bechanyunes Memukedet Batave Hatat Karkaiva, Hativota Polot Baezor, Kvamitkarvot Leachra Shel Shnai, Mitoharbat Gdudei Hamas Baezor. Behada Ruim Hamisha Mechablei Nuchba, Isgiru Tatmamli Delo Hamechativa Hamishim Vehamesh, Veidu Bechakiratam. כי כתוצאה מהתקיפות של צהל במנהרות נהרגו מחבלים רבים ובהם שני מפקדי פלוגות בחמאס קצינים בכירים באוגדה 98 מעריכים כי בתוך מספר שבועות התקרבו להכרעה של חטיבת חניונס כולה המתיחות בגבול הצפון צהל תקף חוליית נונטט ותשתית טרור של חיזבאללה בדרום לבנון הבוקר אותרו מספר שיגורים לשטח ישראל טיל נונטט גרם לנזק רב לבית במטולה ישראל סבגי, לולן מהמושב דובב שבגליל העליון זעק אצל נורית קנטי בגלי צהל המדינה חייבת לפצות אותנו יש בחרפה שלנו 52 לולים שזה מאה משפחות שמתפרנסים מזה. המדינה לא, עוד לא נפלה הסימון שצריכים להפצות האנשים האלה. חמש פעמים ניצל בנס מהטילים הנונטטים שהם שולחים עלינו. כל יום זה הולך ומתחמם יותר. גם הצבא לא נותן לנו להיכנס כבר יותר ללולים. כל צעד שאנחנו עושים הם רואים אותנו. ישראל, ארצות הברית ומצרים חילצו משפחה של חייל אמריקני מרצועת עזה. כך דווח בעיתון הגאודיאן הבריטי. עם הפרטים פרשננו לענייני צבא וביטחון, אמיר בר שלום. על פי הפרסום בבריטניה, משפחתו של חייל רגלים בן 24 שמשרת בצבא ארצות הברית, חולצה מהעיר עזה לאחר שביתה נפגע ואחד מבני המשפחה נהרג. העיתון מגדיר את זה מבצע משותף לארצות הברית, ישראל ומצרים. המשפחה חולצה בערב חג המולד, הועברה למצרים ומשם כנראה לארצות הברית. מקור אמריקני ששוחח עם רשת AP אמר, בשום שלב לא היו חיילים אמריקנים על הקרקע, אבל המבצע היה משותף לשלוש המדינות. ראש אמ"ן, האלוף אהרון חליבה, אמר בטקס סיום קורס קצינים, המודיעין מביא לפגיעה רחבה באויבינו מעזה ועד איראן. עוד הוסיף ראש אמ"ן ברקע פרשת הנגדת שהתריעה מפני מתקפת חמאס, עליכם להביע את דעתכם גם אם היא שונה. אני מצפה מכם להשמיע את דעתכם המקצועית תמיד, בכל מקום, מול כל דרג וכל דרגה, גם אם היא שונה, גם אם היא אחרת, ביקורתית ולא מקובלת. כך היה באגף המודיעין עד עתה. וכך יהיה גם בעתיד. לימדו מהטעויות וזכרו לשמר את הדברים הטובים. מזג האוויר צפוי גשם מקומי, ברובו קל, בעיקר בצפון הארץ ובמישור החוף. 
אלה החדשות שעורך יהונתן גריל.
J.M. in the A.M. with Yosef Karduner. Refainu Hashem is the name of that one as we continue to pray for the 
speedy recovery of all those of our soldiers and civilians who uh, are injured or wounded. The number of um, the number of victims in that situation is uh, astounding. And kalakavod to those leaders who are spending time in Israel visiting with the soldiers and with those who are wounded, civilians who are wounded. Kalakavod, I'm telling you, there are people that are just uh, dedicating a lot of time to visiting hospitals, being with families who are in really difficult situations because of the injuries that their loved ones have suffered. Yosef Carduna with Rifa Inu. Avram Fried, of Mamish. Before that, JM and the AM at 13 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, in hour number three this morning, we're going to be talking about a very special Rosh Chodesh service. We've had made a habit recently of talking about special Rosh Chodesh services. A very special one is coming up for Rosh Chodesh Shvat. So we'll discuss that uh, in hour number three. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll be with us for the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in for that. 7.40 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. Full Thursday schedule on our network. We'll go through the lineup later on. But boy, oh boy, you don't want to miss anything, including Mark Zamek hosting the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. He opens his eyes, something's wrong. He lifts up his head, he hears sirens wailing There's smoke in the air, he can't breathe He gets out of bed, and a rocket explodes Shema Yisrael, Hashem scattered chased from each country with violence and hate we're back in our land our true home but the hatred persists when will it end down the walls and searched through cold-hearted killers they tortured with glee massacre like never before the world cheers them on how can this be Shema 
J.M. in the A.M. with um, Mordechai Shapiro. You heard Ana Hashem and Ashira. Shmai Yisrael was done by Ellie Levin. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Big day today here on the Nahum Siegel Network. That's always the case. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari. He'll discuss the topic of finding the unpredictable and Parsha Shmos. Jew in the City speaks with Allison Josephs at 10. At 10.30, Miriam Al-Wallach with That's Life. Thursday's live lunch will be hosted by Yossi Zweig. The Kosher Terroir with Simon Jacob features Simon and Pierre Miodownik, the spirit of Netofa Winery. The Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek is brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, and that'll start at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tani Talks Parsha with Tani Gutterman 
Happens at 10 o'clock Eastern time tonight. And um, I thank all of you for tuning in all day long to the Nahum Siegel Network. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. If you haven't yet given to our 40th anniversary campaign, please feel free to do so. Be as generous as possible. Go to fjbunity.org and support our efforts. fjbunity.org. We'll be checking in later this morning with one of our friends in Israel for an update regarding what's happening in the southern part of Israel in terms of relocating those who've been displaced from Jerusalem and other areas back to the south. Tzion Leshem is going to join us on that topic coming up here at JM and the AM. We noted earlier the passing of Rabbi Solomon, somebody who was a uh, great rabbinic figure who not only impacted Lakewood and its uh, environment, its yeshiva environment for many, many years, but really impacted the global Jewish community. And it's with sadness that... Uh, we remember him this morning and uh, acknowledge that the funeral took place yesterday in Lakewood, New Jersey at Base Medrash Gavoa. Uh, I want to remind you that yesterday in our studio we had a couple of, well, actually we had uh, Yechi Herzog in studio and Ralph Zucker with us live via telephone. Chibuk, the night that uh, we will embrace the victims of terror in Israel is happening on Tuesday. Uh, it's happening Tuesday night. At Bell Works on Crawford's Corner Road in Homedale, New Jersey. The partnering organizations for this amazing effort is Ar uh, Amechad, Migdal Or, Sulamot, Unity in Action, Yad Eliezer, and Yad Sarah. And you have an opportunity to be there to participate in a very special program and support an amazing cause. Go to chibuk.org, C H I B U K.org for information. Again, go to chibuk, C H I B U K.org. For all the information, the Hass concert's happening Sunday night. It is officially completely sold out. And um, yeah, it is officially and completely sold out. <laughs> There's really no other way of saying it. And uh, those of you out there who would like to get all the live stream information, so it's 7 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night, you could uh, log on, support Hask, and see the concert from the quote-unquote Zoom perspective. Go to hasconcert.com. All the info is there, hasconcert.com. Again, hasconcert.com, H-A-S-C, concert.com. And you'll have an opportunity to uh, be part of the event, even if you're in the comfort of your very own home. And everybody who's going to be there Sunday night, look forward to seeing you and participating yet again in what is going to be a landmark evening it always is, no reason to think otherwise for this coming Sunday night. Rabbi David Goldwasser is with us. We'll go drop early to Rabbi Goldwasser. His uh, words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin of Yosef Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in the Parsha, Asher lokachti miyad ho'amori b'char b'vikashti that I took from the Amori with my sword and my bow and arrow. The question is asked, why did Yaakov Avinu have to give over to Yosef the exact ways and means that he was able to take the portion from the Amorim? The great Mashkiach of Lakewood, Zechert Tzadik Livrocha, said, Yaakov revealed to Yosef the secret of his Hatzlocha in his life, of his success. Whatever a person was Zoich in Shechem, 
was because he fought for it, that he didn't give up on it. And whenever a person attains in this world, it is because they are willing to fight. Whether it's to fight against the Koyach of the Yetzirahara, whether it's to fight against the enemy. The Mashkiach said in the name of the great Rebbe Yerucham, that a person that doesn't fight, they could be the smartest, they could be a great tzaddik, they could fall down, even in simple matters. When a person begins to ascend the levels in Torah and Avodah, in mitzvahs, specifically at that time, when the person is on their way up, they have to be very careful. They need to be able to fight, to hold on to their madrega, or they are in danger of losing everything. So the Talmidim of the Yeshiva asks the Mashkiach, won't the individual go crazy from being in a matzav in a situation where all the time they have to be worried about fighting the Milcham against the Yetzirah? The Mashkiach said, Adrabo, exactly the opposite. From a matzav of Benucha, from just resting and taking it easy, that's the way a person could chas go crazy. I just returned from a very special trip to Eretz Yisrael to give chizuk, words of encouragement and inspiration, to the chayalim, to the soldiers of the IDF Tzva Haganali Yisrael, and to their families. I had the great zechus to visit many of the chayalim that are recuperating in various hospitals and treatment centers. As I was leaving the hospital room of one of the chayalim, he called me back in for a moment, and he quietly asked me if I could give him a bracha for Rufu shalema bimheira, a quick and speedy recovery. He then added, I need to recover fast because I want to return to the battlefield that is where I am needed. Be'ezus Hashem, may all the members of Tzva Haganali Yisrael be successful in all of their missions. May they all return home safe and sound. Yehi Ratzon, that all of the hostages are released immediately and return home safe and sound. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. on a uh, Thursday morning. I'm, I'm glad Rabbi Goldwasser uh, revealed where he's been for the last couple of days. I uh, very much wanted to share that with this audience, but didn't know if I was authorized to or not. But Rabbi Goldwasser, uh, who I believe got back last night, Wednesday night, spent at least Tuesday and Wednesday. It might have been Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, but at least two days, maybe three, with the soldiers in Israel. Uh, visiting them in hospitals and uh, trying to give comfort to the wounded. Kolakavod, Rabbi. Kolakavod. Everybody doing their part. And boy, if Rabbi Goldwasser would walk into the hospital room of somebody who's injured, you know how much inspiration how, and what type of uplifting experience that would be for the person who's suffering. So thank you for bringing comfort to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Speaking of the Holy Land, uh, I told you that our good friend Sion Leshem, who became a friend just a couple of months ago, he, one of the benefits of this war, one of the few benefits of the war, we got to know Sion Leshem. Not only is he uh, a leader in the Nave community, which uh, 
As you may recall, they were all displaced to a Jerusalem hotel right after the war began or right after the attack of Shemini Atzeris. Uh, but then two Sundays ago when I was in Be'eri, all of a sudden this distinguished soldier um, uh, says my name as I'm standing there in Be'eri, and guess what? It's Tzion Leshem. There he is in full uniform, responsible for the security in more ways than one of the of the Navet community and the southern part of Israel. Anyway, we said we'd get him on the air and find out what's happening. Tzion Leshem. Kolakavod to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Hey, Nachum. Good morning. Thank you so much for the introduction. Pretty amazing that we happened to meet up in Barrie, but uh, it was wonderful to see you. I wish, as they always say, it was under different circumstances, but nonetheless, wonderful to reunite. So let's review everything. Um, and I don't know if your city and your experience is emblematic of all the 10, 20, 30 cities, towns, Yishuvim, Kibbutzim around you, but you'll be able to tell us, no doubt. Uh, the Navest story, again, everybody heads to Jerusalem right after October 7th. The town of Navet basically um, uh, empty uh, until a few days later, as you told us, where people felt the need to get back to, to work the farms and other parts of industry that are important to Naveh. And now it seems, and again, you'll give us the accurate information, it seems that the majority of Naveh is back home, which is amazing news, frankly, because you said to us, God knows how long the displacement could last for. Uh, so number one, have I gotten it right? And please give us the details on what's been happening the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so as, as you said correctly, uh, the community of Nove uh, has decided to return home uh, despite uh, the situation and the condition of the battles in Gaza right nearby, which we hear and see very clearly and very well day and night. Um, we decided, uh, we understood that one of the goals of our enemies is not just to, to murder us and to defeat us uh, uh, militarily, uh, but it's also to to cause us uh, to to disrupt our lives yep. and to, to to make us run and 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 not be able to live where we where we were living pre- previously. So so definitely, you know, we, when the IDF says you can't be here, it's dangerous. So we took our our feet and left, and we, as you mentioned, we spent uh, about two months in in a Jerusalem hotel, a very very uh, difficult experience. But yep. uh, you know, we did it. We made it. Stayed alive. Um, but we decided that uh, that uh, um, also consulting with the IDF uh, forces and the, and the government officials and then the Moitza, the council, regional council, that moving back is the right thing to do. And um, and the, with bringing this message that life is going on and, and we're not going to let them defeat us and, and cause us this enormous disruption that they already have, but not forever. And, you know, Nafe is a farming town with agriculture. We have, uh, you know, tens of different, of, uh, tens of different uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, farming uh, branches. And, and we're feeding the country. And uh, the, the agriculture is going on. We have yeshivas. We have schools. We have uh, boys' schools, pre-army, post-army. Uh, we have hundreds of students from all over the country. Here in Nafe today, right now, as we speak, uh, studying by us and, and, and learning Torah and, 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 and all the other stuff. And our message to to our enemies, but also to our brothers and sisters in Israel and abroad, is Am Yisrael Chai, not just as a as a statement, but but really as Am Yisrael Chai, we are here, we're back, we're in our homes, uh, we're doing what we know what we know how to do, 
Um, and, uh, and I hope, I hope that it's not going to be just us for long. So, so families and communities around us will, will get the power and the strength to, to also, uh, decide to return. Um, and again, you know, Baruch Hashem, yeah. we were spared. We, you know, the terrorists didn't make it to us. So, you know, we didn't have any casualties and injuries. Yeah. You described, you described that miracle to us. Um, uh, so is it, I mean, at, at one point, I don't know if it was a week or two ago, you and others were using the figure 70% of the town is back. What's that figure now? And I didn't realize that, that all the, you know, those who depend on Nave outside of Nave, whether it's students, as you said, or, or those who work there or, um, spend time there, are, are they also returning? Are they like, are you guys back to almost a hundred percent capacity? Yeah, I would, I would say we're at least 90% capacity. Um, and, you know, obviously there are families who still feel insecure, uh, different traumas, children, uh, parents, whatever, uh, and still families that are, that are, you know, in Jerusalem or other places. But, but definitely the, the Moshav is back, the town is back, families are back, institutions are up and running. Uh, everything is, is, is sort of back to normal, I would say, you know, sort of. Obviously uh, our security team has grown from seven people to 28 and I'm also uh, honored to join the security team. So, Hashem, if anything anything happens, at least this time, we won't be surprised. We will we will be prepared. Yeah, uh, we're training. We're you know we're on top of things as much as we can today. We we're not we're not blind. We we know exactly what's happening, what's going on, what the threats are. So we're here. We're preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. And, and life is going on. Now there are a couple of campaigns. One of them's on our Chesed page, nachomsegel.com slash Chesed. Everybody, you'll see it there. There are a couple of campaigns that are going on for Nave. With every, we were always under the. I mean, we drew this conclusion. Not that we know anything compared to what you know, but we always thought that there would be an effort and a necessity to improve security conditions, uh, to build. Uh, you know, safe rooms on certain homes that don't have, et cetera, et cetera, before you'd move back. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Obviously, that's going to happen concurrent with the return, right? I'm assuming that that whole effort to secure the cities, to secure the town, to secure the yeshuv uh, as best as possible is just going to go on as you move forward, right? Well, yes and no. So, uh, the, the real answer is, unfortunately, that we, we as I mentioned also in our in our last interview, um, we enjoy the benefits of both Gaza and Egypt border. Now, the army and everyone's focused on, on Gaza and, and the army is like doing great actions there and, and really creating a safe zone via Gaza. I'm not talking about rockets, but again, against infiltration and, and protecting the Gaza, Gaza surrounding uh, towns, which we are included in them. Unfortunately, we have another border very, very close to us, which is the, the Egyptian border. Now, people don't, don't really understand. The Egyptian border is like there's a, the perception of, of Egypt as a, as a, as a, a friendly neighbor border. Uh, could have been true, been true for, for many years. But today we know that Hamas terrorists that are being pushed down southward uh, via the IDF operation Many of them are, are, are heading out towards Egypt. Now there are plenty of tunnel of plenty of tunnels uh, between Gaza and the Egyptian border, and we actually see them. We actually see the famous you know white Toyota pickup trucks patrolling the Egyptian border, uh, looking out for their next you know for their next uh, uh, attack. We see it now. Uh, the problem is that the army is still under some sort of perception, or the government uh, perception that the Egyptian border, everything is okay, right? That's not like a big threat. 
Now, they know it's a bigger threat than it was. They're aware of that. But what we feel is that not to the right ex- extent. Um, the government is still not financing uh, security cameras, still not financing uh, uh, safe rooms. Uh, so, yes, they, 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 gave, they provided us equipment and, and guns for a large or much larger security team, as I mentioned. Um, but uh, at, at this point, that's, that's just about it. So, so, so we're still so, in, in. So you do yeah. have no choice but to move forward by trying to increase security, whether it's electronically or whether with safe rooms as much as possible. You have no choice but right. to do that. Okay. We, so. Right. We have to keep on going and we have to do whatever we can in our power as civilians to keep ourselves and our children safe. Uh, despite, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, different views of, of what really is, is going on and what really is going to happen. We were also under the impression that, um, that the Egyptian government, the Egyptian security personnel, have so little desire to have these Hamas terrorists get into Egypt and set themselves up there that they were a, a, a relatively effective force against them. That, that's a myth? Well, I wouldn't say it's a myth. I would say that I, that prob- for sure as a policy, they don't want Hamas, you know, uh, building their new center in Egypt. Right. But it is happening to some extent. I don't know exactly to what extent. Right. I will ask you this question, Nachum. Yeah. What would a, a would, would a bunch of uh, I don't know, ten thousand dollars to a to a to an Egyptian uh, uh, guard at a, at a at a post near the border? What would that what would that do to that yeah. guard? You think I, he will, I, he will I, hold I, back? They will hold back the, all the Egyptian government policy and interests, uh, and say, "No, I'm not taking your money." I think you're, you're not going I, by th- I, I think you're underestimating them. For five hundred bucks, they'll do it. Five hundred bucks. There you go. The so, other thing I was thinking about, by the way, aside from the whole Egyptian piece, if you look at a map and you educated us on this, I didn't realize how little I knew about your geography. I thought I knew Israel pretty well. Naveh, you know, very, very far south compared to some of the other places, certainly compared to Be'eri, where you and I met just a couple of weeks ago. Um, We all know that right now this could change. It it might change, God forbid. But right now everyone's being pushed toward the south of the Gaza Strip, and that would include, you know, the enemy and those who are quote-unquote terrorists as well. Uh, I, I would think that that would put you guys in a more vulnerable situation um, than you were in the past. I mean, is that a great concern as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of what I was what I was emphasizing is that specific concern is what we're worried about. And again, we're in touch with the army officials. It's not that we're like out, you know out here alone to protect ourselves. We're not cowboys, right? <laughs> we're we're living would, in a, in a country that, that. And I would think they have an obligation to beef up that border for you. That there should be a stronger military presence there, especially after what happened. Right. No, there is a stronger military presence. There is. But to our opinion, it's not it's not strong enough. Right. Uh, I'll say that yeah, I get it. Uh, the danger of infiltration is, is still there. Yeah. And I'm not sure that it's being taken seriously enough the, uh, by the relevant officials. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but if there's 20, 30 Yishuvim cities, you know, areas of residence near the Gaza Strip. I mean, we know, for instance, in Steyrot, the, the yeshivas reopened. We know that um, there are other towns, I mean, not Barry, uh, although there are some people who, who are now, you know, responsible for the security of Barry who are living there, a few, a few people, as we saw. Um, is there, are there other towns that are close to your numbers? Are there other towns that have 70, 80, 90% of residents already back? No, not at all. 
So you're the exception. I mean, yes. I mean, our neighbors here, B'nai Tzarim, right next to us, have also returned, I think, a majority of them. So similar numbers. Um, and again, it's part of our move kind of together, the two towns. Right. But uh, other than that, unfortunately, many of the communities are still are still in the hotel, still displaced, uh, still going through all the, all the hardships uh, that, that, you know, come together with that uh, situation. Uh, it's very, very difficult. It's a very difficult time. And with all the nervousness and the apprehension that you could imagine, you know, mothers, fathers feel as they go back uh, to their hometown, it's, it, there has to be some relief and some comfort that they're no longer <laughs> holed up in one or two hotel rooms and that they're actually in the space that they grew up and love. Yeah. And it's, again, it's a big, it's a, it's a real dilemma. It's a real dilemma. Like what, what is the right thing to do? Uh, this decision to return was not a simple decision. It was not a, like a quick decision to be made, you know, many debates, many discussions, you know, votes and what whatnot. But, uh, at the end of the day, that's, that's the decision that we decided to make. We're back. Uh, we've been here for a few weeks. Um, and, uh, as I mentioned, just trying to do whatever we can in our power to, to make sure that, that we have everything, all the security needs in place. Sion Leshem is with us from Naveh. NahumSiegel.com slash Chesed has all the initiatives that we've promoted on this show, including the uh, campaign to help Naveh, and we encourage people to do so. So Sion invites everybody to come down and visit the town, uh, uh, with something that we hope to do at some point in the near future. Uh, we, we, we happen to have seen each other in Barrie. Are you, are you traveling that region a lot with people who you're taking around or was that an exception and you're, you're generally in Nave? How do you, uh, how do you spend your time? And, uh, is, is there a value, uh, as one of the leaders down there, is there a value for you to, you know, be visiting other towns and giving them guidance and reassurance? Yeah. So I think, first of all, I'm most of the time in Nave. Um, when groups or people come, um, they want to see what happened. They want to really feel and get connected to what, what occurred here on, on Simchat Torah on October 7th. Um, in, and, and I, I, you know, I'm providing that service of, of really showing people what actually happened, uh, and connecting them. Um, you know, that's uh, regarding Be'eri or Faraza or near Oz or other places. Right. Um, I think in Nave, Nave is kind of the contrast to that showing what could have happened and didn't happen, Baruch Hashem. Uh, miraculously, and and that is what causes us the obligation to to be able to to return. You know, our community was was we stayed you know, we stayed safe, we stayed whole, um, and and now we understand our obligation to to come and take the lead in bringing back the life to the region. Um, it's and uh, and and I think that that when when people come and they see they see they feel how, like I'm 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 speaking to you right now, and I actually. I'm I'm listening to the airplanes flying above my head, and I my 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 door my uh, windows are shaking when when the bombs fall down, literally, uh, which is happening 24 24 seven, and uh, the, the Israeli bombs I'm talking in yeah, Gaza, our, right? our, our guys, I know, and yeah, the good guys, and and again, when if, if any one of the, of of, the, of our listeners right now, when you when you come here, please, I'm inviting you personally, come visit us in Nave, you'll see. Uh, an amazing community, an amazing farming and agriculture going on, and and mysterious nefesh of of, of of a lot of people that that understand that Yishuv Aretz is not is not only when it's comfortable and everything is fine, but it's 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 a real mysterious nefesh. And uh, obviously, we're not we're not living in La La Land. We're not saying, oh, you know, Hashem save us, everything is great. But we understand that that actions need to be taken. Um, 
and not just words need to be said. Yeah, no question about it. Look, thank God. I, I, I should say I say this tongue in cheek, so only so I won't get blasted for it. But thank God, uh, it seems all of us are going through some level of discomfort now, no matter where we live. So, uh, yeah, uh, what you're saying is 100 percent accurate. Um, Sion Leshem from Navez with us, southern part of Israel, uh, right near the Gaza border. Um, is it? I, I I don't know if you like getting political or not, but you know the war, no matter how long it goes on for, is is going to end at some point. That that we're assuming, I think, is a good assumption. Uh, it, it might end with uh, Israel allowing um, residents of the northern part of Gaza to re-enter and resettle, so to speak, the northern part of Gaza. Does that scare you? That 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 might be a uh, a fruitless um, a, a fruitless conclusion to this entire episode? Uh, look, it's a very tough question because I think the story is much bigger than, than Gaza, Northern Gaza, Southern Gaza. Uh, we're, we're in a, you know, it's a much bigger bat- battle going on. It's, it's, it's Hezbollah in, in Lebanon and it's Iran. And it's, and it's, I think it's, it's even much bigger than that. It's, it's the Western world against the, you know, the, the uncivilized, uh, uh, cultures that are that are here and and are expanding and growing. Yeah. I think that camp U.S. campuses, U.S. campuses are are teaching us that it's it's the the, the battle uh, against you know this uh, fundamental uh, 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 movements is much much further and bigger than any you know Israel Gaza North or South. And I think that this 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 big battle is going to be going on for the next at least 10, 15 years, um, and. And I don't know what where it's going to take us, where it's going to take the, the world the civilized population. But uh, this is something really, really, really big uh, in my eyes. It's much, much bigger than Israel. And Israel is leading. And I hope, I hope and pray that our leaders will have the courage um, to do the right thing, at least on our level, and to really complete the job and not, you know, uh, bring things back as they were to any extent. Um, I think that uh, our enemies that they, they don't they don't value life at all. They value death. So killing them is not something that threatens them. Right. But they also value land and earth. And I think that if if the Israeli government uh, has the power, the courage to come and say, "Okay, you value land. We're going to take your land and we're going to rebuild settlements in Gaza." Um, I think that large amounts of the Israeli population are are prepared for that stage, or or being and getting prepared for that stage. Um, again, it's not it's not easy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a politician, but uh, I think that that would be a very very significant move, showing that hey, you know, it's not it's not it's not going to end equally as it started. Like right. we're going to make moves and we're going to make a difference. Yeah, you raise an interesting point. Uh, those who were fighting world wars as it was going on, they didn't realize the extent to how important historically what they were doing was. Uh, Israel's War of Independence, 1947, 1948, they, the soldiers, uh, again, uh, while they felt the threat to the existence of Israel and the existence of the Jewish people, still when you're in it, you don't realize the enormity of it. And I think uh, you're right that we're experiencing the same thing right now. We're, we're going through a... A very important time, unfortunately, with uh, you know lots of sacrifices on the part of the Jewish people. But uh, it is much bigger than we think. We're in the midst of something that uh, that historically is going to be very, very significant. And I think that that's a really important point to uh, to remember. Yes, definitely. Point. 
Uh, Tzion, stay well. Best regards to everybody. Thanks for the update. And Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. I, what, what bracha does one make when they get back to their home after a situation like this? How, how did, so you, did, you, did you guys say. celebrate yet, or are you going to wait till all the soldiers are safe before any celebration? So we say Baruch Metziv Gvul Almana, right? The widow uh, is, is getting remarried. Wow. Um, but... Um, but uh, we celebrated. We celebrated Hanukkah, and you know, actually, we we came back just before Hanukkah, wow. and we celebrated on Hanukkah. And, and you say we, we we celebrate Hanukkah, and we look back at our history uh, of you know we say Hallel on Hanukkah, right, for the big victory of the Matim Ul Rabim of the of the of the Maccabees, and and I think that there's a lot of similarity today, even though we're like theoretically the stronger, right. the bigger ones. But but if you look at a, a, a you know in a, in a larger range. We are still very, very, very small compared to our to our enemies and our rivals, and I think that uh, that uh, you know if if Bezrat Hashem, you know our, our leaders have the the courage, as I mentioned, to really uh, take this on all the way to the end and really do what needs to be done. Um, this is not no way smaller, or maybe much bigger than any Hanukkah or Purim or whatnot in the Jewish history. Uh, even maybe even bigger than the than the Israel's independence war yep. uh, to, to many extents. People have said that um, historical and, times. Yes, people very have, definitely. People have made the comparison, and as you just said, have said it might even be bigger regarding the existential threat and defeating the enemy. And yeah, a billion against seven million. I think you're right that uh, uh, that uh, yeah, outnumbered. We are still outnumbered. Tzion, <laughs> uh, stay well. Dashcham to all, and really, I hope next trip we get together. Bezrat Hashem. Hopefully in in the Bezrat Thank you. A real yeah, pleasure. Yeah, we're here waiting for you and for everyone, all, every one of your uh, listeners. Uh, you're welcome to come, and, and there's plenty to see, plenty to hear. And um, we're, 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 we're with our arms open. Yeah, that I know, and we're looking forward to that. And Kolak Avod. Tzion Leshem, who we met literally during our first trip after the war started in Yerushalayim. And we've gained an appreciation from him what it's like to be in a leadership position of a town, relatively small town, um, that had to uh, fall under the category of refugees. And now they're back, thank God, the majority of them are back. And now the question is uh, what role they'll have in the future of that region of Israel. And no doubt it'll be a very important one. More coming up. It's Thursday. It's JM in the AM. Yisrael Achenu Kol Bet Yisrael Hanetunim Batsara Batsara Ubashivya Haomdim Ben Bayam Uben Bayabasha Israel, ah, Sarah, 
with Shmulek Sukkot and Hito Ri RJ2 before that with Achenu here on a Thursday morning broadcast it is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal network and of course on the beloved NSN app well a year ago 
we had a conversation um, with both Willie Hochman and David Gancher on the air because at that point, David's company, Shepherd Search Group, had acquired the Joel Paul Group. And David, of course, continues to be the CEO of Shepherd, and Willie Hochman continues to be the CEO of the Joel Paul Group. Now it's uh, 2024. We thought it would be a good idea just to see what's happening in the Jewish not-for-profit sector, job market in general. I mean, these two gentlemen certainly can speak to those two topics, to say the least. And I know there's a lot of movement out there this time of year. A lot of people start to think of what they'll be doing over the next few months and where they might be going in June, July, August, September, etc., etc. I laugh, but uh, Willie and I have discussed this a million times. How During these days, there's just a lot of movement when it comes to employment in the Jewish world and probably the general world as well. Anyway, all that having been said, Willie Hochman, CEO of the Joel Paul Group, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you, Malcolm. Always nice to be here and with your listeners. Appreciate that. And David Gansher, who is in Israel at the moment, CEO of the Shepherd Search Group. David, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM. Great to be back with you, Malcolm. Now, we were told that you, meaning David, um, it's not just that you're in Israel. You actually founded an effort entitled People for Israel. People can get the, or I should say listeners can get information by going to peopleforisrael.com. And this is an outgrowth. Uh, this is a byproduct of the uh, current war that's taking place um, in Israel. David, tell us, what is People for Israel? Well, People for Israel is an organization that we started the night of October 7th, immediately after Simchat Torah. And it was started by my wife and myself. We started that morning with about 12 people at our Shabbos table. And by the end of the day, as reservists were called up, there were three of us staring at each other, wondering what we could do. And so we started this organization with neighbors and friends and individuals that want to help Israel, Jews and Christians alike. And the organization serves three purposes. One is to provide food to those in need in the northern and southern communities, specifically the Gaza envelope and the Lebanese border. Number two, to provide transportation to, again, families or men and women in uniform that need assistance getting where they need to be. And three, provide supplies. So to date, we provided thousands of blankets, mattresses, coats, gloves, hats, underwear, socks, and probably tens of thousands of meals and challahs, Shabbos food. And so those were the initial uh, objectives of the organization. And this goes on till now. Yes, it goes on till now. We're as busy as we've ever been. And in some way, although reservists are being called back, we're even busier because as the situation becomes perhaps more tense on the northern border, there are a lot of needs throughout Israel. And so we're trying to help people on multiple fronts. Anybody, by the way, who wants to support this effort, peopleforisrael.com. They got a big donate button there on the page and you should look at the list of what they've done. I mean, David just described it. Uh, but the whole list of every activity that they've been doing is up there. 
So, David, um, those who are sometimes skeptical about whether supplies are needed, uh, whether uh, transportation needs are as great as you just described, you could tell them uh, firsthand on the front lines, so to speak, uh, that everything you're doing, whether it's supplies, whether it's transportation, whether it's food items, whether it's uh, hot meals for Shabbat or otherwise, all of this is needed. And the way you're saying it, uh, really now more than ever. No question about it, Nachum. I think the, this is the question that I get asked most frequently, which is why do we need to provide blankets for soldiers on the Lebanese border in the middle of a war? And I think the answer lies in the fact that when a small country like Israel calls out 400,000 reservists at one time and says, we need you all to report for work tomorrow, which is essentially what happened. Yep on the evening, or rather on the day of October 7th, it creates a chaotic atmosphere. And let's not forget that we were coming off of the heels of COVID where there already were disruptions in the supply chain. And so as all of these individuals were called up, Israel and the government of Israel took every resource they had and said, let's help the families, let's help the men and women in uniform. Now you've got a situation where you've got tens of thousands of people in the northern communities that have been displaced from their home, from their homes, thousands and thousands of families that have been displaced from their homes in the south, and there simply is not enough equipment, there are not enough meals, there are not enough items to go around. And so that's where we come in, because while many units will tell you they have more than they need, there are just as many units that tell you we don't have what we need, and at the same time, We've had, up until just a couple of weeks ago, families living in our own home yep. that were forced out of their homes down south. So I think the real issue is that there are a lot of people whose voices have not been heard that are displaced that need help, and that's where we come in. David Gansher uh, and uh, Willie Hochman with us live via telephone. Look, if, if people, if you're looking for opportunities, they're there. David could tell you, peopleforisrael.com could tell you, if you're looking for real opportunities and real needs, they're there. Yeah, sometimes there's, you know, there's a surplus or sometimes there's a, a call for action that, you know, gets duplicated. We get that, and it turns out to be unnecessary. But if you want to really be involved in something where, uh, where there are needs that need to be met, Go to peopleforisrael.com. Hey, let, let's see if Willie laughs at this. Uh, David, has Willie found a good executive director for you for People for Israel? <laughs> <laughs> He's working on it. Here, here's, I'll tell you, our biggest problem is we don't pay. We're, uh, we are completely wait a volunteer a organization. Wait, wait a second. Willie, Willie what, what, what's the story with that? Is it possible to find good personnel these days if they're not paying anything? <laughs> So I have to tell you, the, um, the executive director of People for Israel, um, it's amazing that he's able to do this and be CEO and run the Shepherd Search Group business, multi-million dollar business, uh, at the same time he is doing this wonderful work with his colleagues. So as CEO of the Joel Paul Group and our colleagues in Joel Paul and Shepherd Search Group, we support his efforts immensely, and we have a business to run, and that's a wonderful partnership, I have to say, that uh, along with the Shepherd Search Group 
and in the Joel Paul group that we've been able to uh, do the work we do in 2023. You know, it's funny, Willie. A lot of people are looking for those who are willing to work 24 hours a day and get no pay. A lot of people are looking for people like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Where do we begin? Willie, are we beginning on this side of the world? Are we beginning on David's side of the world? Where are we beginning when we talk about the current employment situation in our community? (laughs) So I'm I'm happy to talk about the uh, the sure. Jewish nonprofit world. Yeah. The Joel Paul Group, ninety plus percent of our business is still in the United States. Right. And I have to say we had a good year compared to 2022. Things are improving. Uh, there are more jobs out there. Um, and you're right, Malcolm. What you said at the beginning, um, we had a good beginning of the year, the middle of the year, and then things things slow down in the fourth quarter uh, because the organizations and the candidates in the nonprofit world are dedicated to their nonprofit. They want to, you know, get the revenue that's needed by the end of the year, uh, complete events, programs, and, and everybody really does work towards that goal. If you're in the nonprofit, the Jewish nonprofit sector, it's not a job only, it's a calling. And that's why we see the right kind of professionals do what they do all year round, but it does slow down in the fourth quarter, not only because of Hanukkah and the other holidays, but because they really are, if they're on a calendar year, they really want to focus on uh, exceeding and meeting revenue targets and doing what's necessary for their organization. Well, with the so ex- that's been the, the- well, with all the accelerated movement when it comes to these positions in our community, thank God there's at least one quarter of the year that seems, you know, relatively stable where everyone's sitting put for a few weeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right. That, that, is, that is correct. It gives us, all, us as, a, as a search firm and our clients time to breathe. Uh, most of them do, do their strategic planning and, and budgeting in that fourth quarter for the you know, 2024. So we get an idea of, of what's going to be happening. But you're exactly right, as you said earlier, whether it's a fundraiser who you know, wants to move ahead in their career and waits for their bonus or anybody else in marketing and finance that, you know, has done the job they did, you know, the past year and now, you know, has really been thinking about moving ahead. We do get a lot more inquiries and hopefully a lot more jobs in the, in the first quarter. By the way, I mean, am I, am I close to accurate or I'm really exaggerating? I mean, you know, you know, old timers like me, we get shocked when we see and hear about all this movement. I mean, I'm doing this for 40 years, so, you know, I'm a real anomaly in the community, frankly. But, I mean, am I exaggerating or now that it is post-January 1st, are you going to be getting a lot of, uh, um, of uh, inquiries from organizations, schools, etc.? Are you going to be getting a lot of inquiries and interest from candidates? Is it, is it as accelerated as I'm saying or it's somewhere in the middle? Okay, so you, 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 prepped, you prepped very well. It's somewhere in the middle. As I always tell anybody, you know, who wants to understand the, the world that we're in, the job market that we do, uh, they ask me, you know, what's more important, getting the client or getting the candidate? Right. And the real answer is it's 51%, 49%. Obviously, if we don't have the jobs, right. I can't help the candidates. Right. But when we get the jobs, the most, the, the, the worst thing I'll say is not to have a pipeline of potential candidates to show that client. So it really is uh, a symbiotic relationship where we need the job a little more, but the client expects to see candidates. So the movement does increase a little on both sides, January, February. Uh, also, you know, there's, there's not a lot of holidays right. uh, and time off. 
people don't take in January, February, other than our traditional yeshiva week. Right. So after that, it, it, does, it does pick up a little for sure. Yeah, this time to work and look to the future. By the way, Willie, I don't know if you're aware of this, and I may be, I may be making this up, but, I, but this is what it looks like from my perspective. I think the war, and now it's 13 weeks you know, since the barbaric episode, I think the war has brought out some talent in certain, especially young people in our community that we didn't know about. Uh, there are people, I'm, I'm talking about this side of the world now. Obviously, Israel has seen a lot of young people take on leadership roles that are really important. But I think that I think there are people on this side of the world that are leading efforts and that have taken on the tasks in certain organizations to be in charge of their war effort who are now exhibiting talents that we never realized they had. Are you seeing any of that? I can't say I've seen that firsthand, um, but I've, I've read some of the you know articles out there on certain websites, and we're seeing names of people yeah. you know that are attributed to the certain efforts, certain programs. Correct. You know, contact so and so to register or things like that, and it, it's names that when you Google them or look on LinkedIn, they are not um, thirty-year veterans or twenty-five-year veterans in the nonprofit world. So the resources that the organizations are using, yes, has brought out uh, the, not the entry level, but the five-year, you know, employee more so now because all hands on deck, as the expression goes. Yeah, so no question about it. It's all hands on deck, and I think a lot of young people are exhibiting uh, skills and talents that either they didn't know they had or others never realized it because some of them are really stepping up well. And they could end up saying that, honestly, you know, the war or this whole, you know, emergency situation, you know, created an opportunity for them to gain a reputation as a good fundraiser, executive director, organizer, whatever term you want to use. David Gancher is with us in Israel, uh, CEO of the Shepherd Search Group. You know, David, you're surrounded now by, in all seriousness, by a lot of volunteerism. A lot of people have dropped everything that they're doing to, uh, uh, you know, to help in the war effort, you know, in, in so many different aspects. Uh, what's your view of the, you know, the professional outlook when it comes to the uh, uh, leadership roles that we're expecting people to take in Jewish organizations, schools, etc.? It was interesting. I mean, first of all, just a little joke that I'm sure you've heard, but yeah. we, we, we say over here that the country is run by 18-year-olds, which um, apart from BB, I think there's a lot of truth to that <laughs> because, Boy. you know, when you talk about people stepping up, it, yeah. it is it is unbelievable how our young people have stepped up yep. uh, and stepped in to every role where they're needed. But I think when I, to answer your question in a broader sense, when I look at my neighbors, and I'm back and forth all the time between the U.S. and Israel. When I look at my neighbors, I look at my associates. I would say that most people, the average person over here, is getting very little sleep because they're burning the candle at both ends, right? They might have a professional need or a personal need if they're the head of a family during the day. Yeah. And then at night, they're doing, uh, they're working in some type of chesed, whether it's getting food to individuals or whether it's working in the farms because now a lot of the, the, the foreign workers such as those from Thailand have left. Right. And so people are really burning the candle at both ends. So I, I think that, you know, the war has obviously, it brings out, obviously uh, it, it brings out, unfortunately the worst in some people, but it brings out the best in others. Yep. And I think we're seeing a lot of the best here right now. No question about it. Uh, and again, I think the same thing. 
you're you're, you're going to be. I, I think I'm right. You're going to be able to translate in Israel a lot of these volunteer efforts, especially among the young people who have the energy and have the social media skills and have certain savvy that older people yes. may not have. I think you're going to see them turn into, you know, employed people, uh, you know, effectively working in organizations in the future. Right? Wouldn't that be a good conclusion? I think that's absolutely true. The yeah. the individual that we ask to step into the social media role uh, for us at People for Israel is is a volunteer, and she's doing such a good job. I I said to Willie, "What? Maybe we we yeah. need to bring her into uh, into the Joel Paul group." So <laughs> you're absolutely right. No, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm telling you, is that there are certain silver linings to all of this. All right. Uh, bottom line from both of you, Willie, uh, to everybody out there. I mean, we say this every time, and and I hope that these announcements do encourage people and their parents. Uh, to explore what the Joel Paul Group is doing. Uh, what do you want to say to the clients out there, the schools, organizations, all the vol- all the uh, charitable efforts, and what do you want to say to potential um, candidates out there in our audience? So first, thanks. So first I'd like to say to potential um, applicants, people looking at the Jewish nonprofit world, if you're not currently in the Jewish nonprofit world, there are so many transferable skills that individuals can bring from whether it's the business corporate world to the nonprofit world sales in, in corporate sometimes translates to fundraising right. finance is finance marketing is marketing Events. so there are opportunities you know to transition mm-hmm. to the to the jewish nonprofit world the um what's the word i'm looking for uh, the misnomer that oh nonprofits don't pay well it's kind of not true as much. Right. Many more nonprofits are running their organization like a business. Right. Yes, at maybe the entry level, you know, it's comparable or a little less than the corporate sector. And I'm not talking about law school, law or doctor. You know, I'm talking about regular jobs, entry level. But when you get to middle management and upper level, you can look. It's public knowledge. There's 990s tax returns out there that organizations have to file. And the salaries are very nice. You can, you know, live well in certain communities, raise your family, and stay with the mission of the organization you're with and feel good about what you're doing in your career. So my message is anything you want to consider in the Jewish nonprofit world, we're there to help. We're there to answer any questions. Uh, We just don't talk to candidates if they want to apply. People, we consult with people about their career and if they have interesting opportunities we're not just focused on making that shit up between the client and the candidate. We do a lot of consulting, both the client and candidates, so eventually it pays forward. Easiest way for people to get in touch with the Joel Paul Group? Um, on the website, www.joelpaul.com. Uh, all of our information's on there. You can fill out a contact form, whether you want to just talk to us or whether you want to apply for a specific job. Um, the Shidduch, we have the acquisition from Shepherd Search Group has afforded us excellent technology. We have upgraded how we reach out and how candidates and clients can reach out to us. But www.joelpaul.com is the uh, address. And uh, David Ganshar, you're you're overseeing all of this as CEO of the Shepherd Search Group. Um, um, what are your what are your thoughts on all of this? as uh, Willie described the job market and uh, how people should proceed out there in our community. Well, Nachum, I want to point out one thing, and that is that our business last year at the Joel Paul Group 
uh, more than doubled, oh, which wow. is a, a fairly significant impact uh, when you look at what we've been able to do together. And, you know, they say the first year of marriage, right, is still a Hassan and Kala. So <laughs> I don't know if Willie's the Hassan or the Kala here, but uh, I, I, I will tell you, I've, I've got no regrets about uh, walking down the aisle with him. He's uh, uh, what, we've, what we've done together is we've grown from being just an executive search firm not just, but right, a, 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 a recruitment firm right. to a company that is focused on all areas, talent solutions. So now we're doing organizational development, training, career coaching, interim staffing, permanent placement, uh, you name it, anything within the talent solutions arena. So together, what we've learned is that we're far more successful than we were uh, just on our own. So I think my, you know, my message uh, to your listeners is, is this morning is that uh, that even if we can't help you at this time with recruitment, there may be other areas that uh, Shepherd Search and Joe Paul combined can be a resource for you because this is a uh, look. It's a long life, right? Joe Paul's been in business about 37 years now, so it's uh, <laughs> there. Are, there are a lot of opportunities out there in a lot of ways in which. Uh, our organization can bring, can add value. So we, we look forward to those opportunities. Potential clients, schools, organizations, uh, uh, um, uh, volunteer groups, whatever it might be. You go to, well, volunteer groups that are overseen by, you know, by an executive committee. Uh, JoelPoll.com, JoelPoll.com. And obviously if you're a candidate, you feel that you could fill one of the positions that the Joel Poll group has. Uh, you could, again, reach them at joelpohl.com. Willie, I thank you very, very much. Continued success in the uh, year 2024, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Nathan. Always a pleasure for speaking with you and your listeners. And David, call a vote to you. You get the extra call a vote because of peopleforisrael.com, and uh, wonderful to speak to you this morning. Continued success in the future. You do great to be together. Wonderful to hear your voice. Appreciate that very much. Hope to uh, reunite with you uh, when we get back to the Holy Land. More coming up, everybody. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. Shabbat shalom. 
Nussie Lieberman and Achim here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem that happens tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Yes, he's Weig. Thursday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Hey, our friends at the A&H, Abels and Hyman, are celebrating 70 years. Trust me, they've perfected it over 70 years. <laughs> That's what they've done. That's why they're always at the very top of the list when it comes to the uh, lists of the world's best kosher hot dogs. They're delicious knockwurst. You know what Nahum Siegel thinks of that. Uh, they're incredible um, uh, meat items. <coughs> the salamis are fantastic. I mean, come on. It's A&H. Get to your supermarket. Load up on the products. Um, prepare them for your family. You may want to make a Hasselback salami. You want to bo- may boil up or broil up some hot dogs. You want to uh, get some hot dog buns and get those knockwurst in there. Maybe that's what I'll go for tonight. I was thinking what I should have for a Thursday night dinner tonight. Maybe I'll go for the A&H knockwurst. Hmm. Haven't had it in a while. That's a good idea. That's actually a really good idea. I may go in that direction. I may go in the A&H knockwurst direction tonight. Ah, just thinking out loud. Uh, A&H, Abels and Hyman, gives you a 10% discount with promo code radio when you go to kosherdogs.net. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. And that, as we always say, is an understatement. More coming up, JM in the AM.
with Yisrael Amar Gamzulitova is the name of that one. Before that, the Kinderlach with Bamarom. Well, I uh, mentioned earlier in the show that now during the third hour of today's JM in the AM, we are going to speak about something amazing. And I said that as amazing as Rosh Chodesh um, Kislev was at the White House and as amazing as Rosh Chodesh Teves was at the um, Rosh Chodesh Teves was in Englewood, New Jersey, right? So you had the White House for Rosh Chodesh. <laughs> I got to get this right. You had the White House for Rosh Chodesh Kislev. You had a beautiful gathering in Englewood, New Jersey for Rosh Chodesh Teves. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is going to be even greater than those two, if that's possible. Uh, the person that is responsible for all these incredible Rosh Chodesh gatherings and services is um, Nadar Balor of Englewood, New Jersey, who's been with us, of course, live via telephone before he joins us again. And with us is our dear friend, Dr. Joe Rosazada, who first informed me a couple of months ago about uh, Nadar Balor's role in putting together these incredible Rosh Chodesh gatherings. Nader Balor, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, guys. It's my pleasure, and it's Chazakana, so we could get a little bit too comfortable. <laughs> That's a very good point. And um, Dr. Joe Rosazada, pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. All right, folks, listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Why is Nachum Siegel saying that what's happening in Rosh Chodesh Shvat is even greater than the incredible gathering last month in Englewood, or this month, I should say, and even greater than the incredible historic gathering at the White House for Tfilat Shacharit Neitzachama uh, back on the day of the rally. It's because uh, Nader Balor has uh, made a commitment to hold the next Rosh Chodesh service as close, practically, as close to the Gaza border as possible. Yeah, we're talking about 6,000 miles away. We're talking about people like Dr. Rosazada and myself who want to go to Israel now to be part of it. One week from today is Rosh Chodesh. Uh, Nader Balor, tell us about the beginning of this. How did you come up with this idea? And how did it finally materialize that a week from today, you'll be davening Nates in the Tivot in practically speaking, as close as you could put this together to the Gaza border. Well, as of two weeks ago, actually, we were actually we were supposed to have it at the massacre site in Raim wow. uh, to bring a little bit of void of Torah that existed there on the day of Simchat Torah, and also to to Davenet to pray at sunrise, which is actually when exactly the massacre started on that miserable day. So uh, we're all set with the army to go, and uh, in the past two weeks, because of the short-range missiles that uh, the Hamas terrorists have now in North Gaza, they said you can only bring up to 30 people to congregate there. So we decided, you know, since we're going to have three, four, or 500 people to move it to the closest place, which is about 13 miles away, uh, for uh, many people, it recognizes a holy 
town because uh, that's where the Babasani is buried. Right. And the uh, ancestry of the Abigail family who were originally Kabbalists and have a very large congregation there uh, was a perfect suit, of course. You know, he, the rabbi, the rabbi Abigail is uh, very traditional and, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a shock to him that we were going to, he had to bring music at Hallel. It was uh, something he hadn't heard of, but uh, he uh, he agreed. So that was my only request, and he agreed. And here we have it. So he had, he praising it. He's praising it every day of his life since Bar Mitzvah. And so his minion is at Nets, his first minion. He has usually 100 people. So it's a natural, uh, organic uh, place to have it, and hopefully, you know, it's been advertised well in Israel, so we'll have uh, from different places. Yeah, well, it's a week from today, Rosh Chodesh in Israel. Uh, are you doing it outdoors? Are you doing it in a, in a good indoor location, in a landmark location? Where, where have you chosen to actually have the Rosh Chodesh service? The, uh, the landmark, it is a landmark uh, place as in because it's the Rav's shul it's a very very large shul it oh, wow. serves a lot of the holy needs of the the south of israel actually it's it's really a it is it does a lot of amazing things in you know you in a lot of shuls in america even you see his leaflets that's where the torah comes out of out of there's a kolo there's a yeshiva in there and, you know, like I said, he has 100 people davening uh, at sunrise every morning right. in his place, Mitrash. By the way, and, and not to put the pressure on you, but four, 500, I'm thinking between the 100 that are always there, plus the people in the Tivot who are going to want to participate. And already I have heard from people who would love to be able to drive from Beit Shemesh, from Yerushalayim and other places, assuming it's practical. You'll let us know if that's a practical thing to do, that people can come and drive in. I mean, it, it, it may be much more than the crowd than you're expecting. Am I right about that? Yeah, I, I love the pressure and really <laughs> I dump the pressure on Hashem. So <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's like the Beit, the Beit Mikdash, you know, when there's, uh, when there's a need, uh, the space opens up. So, you know, I'm sure people who come there are all into, if they have to stand, they'll stand. I, I, I'm glad that the rabbi authorized the music. Obviously, it's an important part of one who's been at your Rosh Chodesh services, always talks about how beautiful the musical accompaniment is. Have you chosen who will be responsible for that music a week from today? Yeah, the name of the gentleman is Yehuda Malka. Wow. He's a chazan and a singer. He sings at a lot of weddings uh, in the South. Uh, I think he has a wonderful voice, but more importantly, he has a lot of energy. And even though he's a Sephardi, he's, uh, he knows all the Kabach Nigunim. Nice. And uh, which is where we're always focusing on. Yeah, of course. All right. Uh, Dr. Joe Rosazada is with us as well. Um, Joe, uh, the White House was something, right? You described it to us. Uh, Englewood, New Jersey, a month ago was a beautiful gathering and enhanced uh, um, uh, Rosh Chodesh Hallel service because, uh, generally speaking, it does take place in Englewood or in that area, and that one was extra special. Uh, what makes this, I'll ask you the obvious question, what makes this extra, extra special? 
first of all, I want to say that, that Nader is like, you know, he, he thought we were going to have much, much less at the White House, at Baruch Hashem, Hashem <laughs> again showed in what he's doing. So, so I'm not surprised that, you know, like if we're going to get a lot more of that Hashem than, than we expect. And, you know, it was, I'm sure it's going to be fine. But, you know, Nachum, going back a few years, you know, like when we went to the road yeah. and then to vote, you were, you know, like when we went to the Baba Sali's Kever together, you felt, and, and you know, like you always, you know, say like, oh, we're going there, we're going to go there. And it was such a special trip. But just knowing that it's going to be in Nitzvot and, and with the holiest of holies that are buried there, you know, the, the famous, famous true story that, you know, one of the, they asked one of the captured terrorists, you know, you went to Sterot on the right side. You went to Barry on the left side. How come you didn't go to Nitzvot? And the guy says that as soon as we came in, there's a, there's a video of this going around. Um, and the guy that the, the terrorist said, we got into Nitzvot at the border of Nitzvot, and we saw two guys, two of the rabbis with white beard, going up and down and saying, don't come in here. And they said, they said to him, you know, like they showed him pictures, who were these two guys that you were talking about? And it was actually Rabbi Faraji and Rabbi and the Baba Sali. So they, not, they didn't enter Nitzvot because of the holiness of, of the place, of how holy the Nitzvot is. So by doing it in Nitzvot, it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous thing that, you know, like it's the holiest of holy places that you could be in. And we you know... know uh, imagine like... No, I was going to say, and we know how vulnerable Nitzvot was. There was literally a direct road from where the terrorists infiltrated to Nitzvot, so we know how vulnerable they were. And uh, you repeat this story that's been going around, and uh, uh, I, I would I would say that you know it it is important. I'm sure both of you know this. It's important to Davin in a place where miracles occurred, and therefore it's even Absolutely. more appro- it's even more appropriate that it take place a week from today in Nitivot, and that's where it's going to be happening. Everybody, all right, um, Nadar, have you heard from people in Israel? Are Beit Shemesh and Yerushalayim people invited? Is there room for them to bring their cars to gather? Like, what what's the practical story for a week from today? The practical story is that it'll happen organically. There's of course there's going to be rules. I'm sorry, you there? Uh, oh, there you are. Yeah, yeah. Can you, yeah, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone should come. I'm I'm going with two rabbis and a bunch of friends from here, and you know I've spoken to many friends already in Israel that are very excited. You know, just uh, one prerequisite is to be able to be happy, positive, and just bring good energy and live with good energy. Because you know the people of the south really need our energies after yeah. all the hammering they've had with the rockets. They just need our bitachon and our feeling that we're with them, we're behind them, and we're all one. And I think that this was obvious from the uh, the flyer that's been going around. You're taking security very seriously. People shouldn't think uh, that you're just inviting everyone and not and not con- concerned about the situation. You're encouraging everyone to come to be there in the tivot a week from today. And yes, the security is being taken very seriously. Yeah, the the Abigail family is very connected to the army. The army comes to them for a lot of counseling and advice, and uh, they're 100% there. And there's going to be a lot of uh, actually servicemen, IDF members, 
uh, who are going to be participating. Hopefully, we'll put on the ceiling for a lot of them and, you know, get them into the dancing and singing. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you, saw, you saw what happened in Washington, that people were inspired to put on Phil, and I have a feeling in Israel it's going to be an even stronger inspiration, frankly. Um, how many people total do you know, Nader, right now that are coming from the United States? And, and I'm not going to put pressure on Joe. I'm not going to ask him if he's made a decision yet. But, but do you, you, you have at least so far a small group of people that are going to be accompanying you? Yeah. Yeah, we're all we're all going on different flights, but right. yeah. All right, Joe. Joe, you know that you and I have to be there. Now I know that there's no way I'm going, but but you know, Joe, that you and I have to be there, right? Uh, yeah, I I don't disagree. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. You know, I just got back. I just got back yesterday from Barry and from you know from Sterlos and and all around there. I was there with the musical festival with Davin. I read there. I definitely, you know. Definitely trying. I'm trying my hardest to, to go back next week. Unbelievable. All right, the next Rosh Chodesh um, a special musical service uh, for those of you that have always encouraged me to attend. And uh, you'll remember, of course, that it's not just Englewood, New Jersey, but it actually took place at the White House on the day of the rally. The next one is in Nitivot. One week from today, thanks to Nader Balor and this incredible dream of uh, doing it in an appropriate place, close to the Gaza border, but as we said earlier, a place of miracles as well, uh, as uh, both he and Joe described regarding uh, the city of Nitivot. It's happening a week from today. You know the time. It's got to be 6 a.m. After all, they're going to be making nets, and it's followed by a festive meal. Israeli soldiers, Bezrat Hashem, will be there with many uh, distinguished rabbis, including people from the United States who are literally making the trip in order to be there on Rosh Chodesh morning for this very... Hey, a lot of people travel now for Shovavim to be in Israel for Shovavim, for those of you who are familiar with it. It starts today, actually, Shovavim. A lot of people travel for that. Why would they? And for Lag Bomer and Mayron, why wouldn't you travel for a special Rosh Chodesh service like this? Uh, Nader, any any special information, uh, contact, WhatsApp group? I mean, uh, anything people should know, both in Israel and the United States, regarding uh, next Thursday? Well, the WhatsApp group is the same one that's on the invitation. There's oh, a good. link to it so, so they can join the chat. Great. to keep uh, the updates coming, but pretty much no. I mean, there's a small group of us who are going to be escorted after the service to Barry and uh, to Reim, where the rabbi is going to make a tikkun with the shofarot and special prayers for the deceased. Wow. So, you know, we're waiting to be to get a confirmation from the army how many people. So um, there might there is a possibility of a short a number of people who can go on that after as well. Well, call vote. It's not just going to inspire those who are there, but I think it's going to bring a lot of inspiration to the Israeli soldiers and to the Israeli people, frankly. So we talk about bridging the gap between Israel and the diaspora. This is a, an amazing and incredible way of doing it. Yashikach and Todar Nader Balor, and Hatzlachar a week from today. Amen. Thank you. Dr. Joe Rosazada, this is pretty amazing. They've, they've really stepped up the Rosh Chodesh uh, musical service, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. We, you know, it's going to be incredible. The Dr. Shem had Nitsi Rose, and um, I'm looking forward. The Dr. Shem, I'm going to try my hardest. Yeah, anybody who wants advice about going, you can speak to Joe as well. 
He will more than encourage you to be there for this very, very special day. Uh, thanks to both of you and Kolak Avod. Uh, a week from today, Rosh Chodesh Shvat in Nitivot for what we've known until now as the Englewood and then the White House Rosh Chodesh service. It's moving 6,000 miles east for next week. Rosh Chodesh Shvat. We'll do more about it, of course, as we get closer right here at JM in the AM. More coming up. It's Thursday at JM in the AM. Achenu kol beit Yisrael Hantunim betzarach uvashivya Haomdim bein bayam uvein bayabasha Hamakon yirachem alehem Riyotzienu Sara Lilvacha U me afela leora U mishia bud ligeula hashta bagala u vizman kari
JM and the AM with Pure Soul and Modim. Achenu done before that with Yehoram Gaon. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JMM. My thanks to Tzion Leshem from Navem. My thanks to Willie and to David from uh, the Joel Paul Group. And, of course, my thanks to Nader Balor and Dr. Joe Rosazada, Rosh Chodesh, and Nitivot, one week from today. Unbelievable. Uh, plenty coming up. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek. That happens at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Simon Jacob before that with the Kosher Terroir. Uh, at 10 p.m., it's Tani Talks Parsha with Tani Gutterman. And, of course, at 11 o'clock this morning, it's the... Live lunch with Yossi Zweig. Make sure to join him live here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow with a weekly update and more. It's Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.